Summary Jean-Louise Finch tries to go home again and finds tiny Maycomb, Alabama, grappling with the emerging civil rights movement in the mid-1950s. Set nearly twenty years after the events in To Kill a Mockingbird, Harper Lee's classic American novel, Ghost Set a Watchman looks at the earlier book's beloved characters in a different and, sometimes shocking, light. Ghost Set a Watchman, however, was written first, and became the groundwork from which To Kill a Mockingbird was developed. At twenty-six, Jean Louise, who managed to grow up colorblind in the Deep South, has been living in New York City. She arrives home for her fifth annual two-week visit, eager to see her father Atticus. She also plans to see her longtime suitor, Henry Hank Clinton, her brother's best friend and junior partner in Atticus's law firm. She thinks she may be ready to settle down and give Atticus some grandchildren, but what she discovers undermines every assumption she has ever had about Maycomb, Hank, and, most of all, her father. Jean Louise, in a nostalgic frame of mind, chooses to take the train rather than fly. The surprises begin when Hank, not Atticus, comes to pick her up because Atticus has been nearly crippled by rheumatoid arthritis. He is seventy-two, but Jean Louise has trouble seeing him as old. Hank immediately renews his standing proposal with a passionate kiss that has Jean Louise thinking she might just say yes this time. Jem, to whom she was very close, died suddenly of a heart attack, just as their mother did two years before. Hank has become Atticus's heir apparent in Jem's place. Atticus has a lot of trouble with daily living, so his sister, Alexandra, lives with him and cares for him when he needs help, which is often. The family housekeeper, Calpurnia, who was the closest thing Jean-Louise ever had to a mother, is retired. Alexandra, the doyenne of Maycomb society, wants to reform Jean-Louise into a true southern lady, but she has failed since Jean-Louise was a child. Now Alexandra fears that her niece will actually marry Hank, whom she considers low-class despite all his achievements, which include being Maycomb's Man of the Year. Jean-Louise and Hank pick up their relationship with nightly dates that further influence Jean-Louise and Hank's favor, but then her whole world shatters when she finds a vile racist pamphlet, worse in her mind than even Nazi propaganda, by her father's reading chair. Her aunt informs her huffily that Atticus and Hank are members of the Maycomb Citizens Council, which Jean-Louise knows is dedicated to preserving white supremacy. In fact, Atticus is on the board of directors, and Aunt Alexandra lauds the cause of segregation. Jean-Louise cannot believe that her father, who had always championed equal rights under the law, would stoop so low. She sneaks into the Sunday meeting of the council, sitting in the upstairs balcony of the courthouse where she and Jem used to watch Atticus in court. A fanatic guest speaker decries the Supreme Court's school desegregation ruling and vilifies Negroes as apes and cockroaches who want to mongrelize the white race out of its natural, God-given superiority. Every man in the country, rich or poor, has turned up to hear him with the exception of Atticus's brother, Dr. Jack Finch. Jean-Louise becomes physically ill at the thought of her father's betrayal of all the principles he taught his children. Though she normally revels in the joys of the countryside during her visits, she can no longer appreciate the sunrise or hear the birds call. The next day she is relieved when Atticus decides to take the case of Calpurnia's grandson, 
who is accused of committing vehicular manslaughter. To Jean Louise, that sounds like him, until he reveals that he is doing so just to keep away rabble-rousing black lawyers sent by the National Association for the Advancement of Color People, NAACP. Angrily, she decides to go visit Calpurnia, who is almost in mourning over the ill luck of her favorite grandson, a boy who had been planning to attend university and do great things. What she finds upsets her even more. A great gulf is opened up, and Calpurnia does not want to talk to her.